Vatican Radio Presents Fratelli Tutti The Encyclical Letter of His Holiness Pope Francis on Fraternity and Social Friendship Adapted for radio by Mara Michelli English production directed by Sister Bernadette Mary Rees. Chapter 6, Part 2 A new culture. Life, for all its confrontations, is the art of encounter. I have frequently called for the growth of a culture of encounter capable of transcending our differences and divisions. This means working to create a many-faceted polyhedron whose different sides form a variegated unity in which the whole is greater than the part. The image of a polyhedron can represent a society where differences coexist, complementing, enriching, and reciprocally illuminating one another, even amid disagreements and reservations. Each of us can learn something from others. No one is useless, and no one is expendable. This also means finding ways to include those on the peripheries of life, for they have another way of looking at things. They see aspects of reality that are invisible to the centers of power where weighty decisions are made. Encounter that becomes culture. The word culture points to something deeply embedded within a people, its most cherished convictions and its way of life. A people's culture is more than an abstract idea. It has to do with their desires, their interests, and ultimately the way they live their lives. To speak of a 
culture of encounter means that we, a people, should be passionate about meeting others, seeking points of contact, building bridges, planning a project that includes everyone. This becomes an aspiration and a style of life. The subject of this culture is the people, not simply one part of a society that would pacify the rest with the help of professional and media resources. Social peace demands hard work, craftsmanship. It would be easier to keep freedom and differences in check with cleverness and a few resources, but such a peace would be superficial and fragile, not the fruit of a culture of encounter that brings enduring stability. Integrating differences is a much more difficult and slow process, yet it is the guarantee of a genuine and lasting peace. That peace is not achieved by recourse only to those who are pure and untainted, since even people who can be considered questionable on account of their errors have something to offer which must not be overlooked. Nor does it come from ignoring social demands or quelling disturbances, since it is not a consensus on paper or a transient peace for a contented minority. What is important is to create processes of encounter, processes that build a people that can accept differences. Let us arm our children with the weapons of dialogue. Let us teach them to fight the good fight of the culture of encounter. The Joy of Acknowledging Others All this calls for the ability to recognize other people's right to be themselves and to be different. This recognition, as it becomes a culture, makes possible the creation of a social covenant. Without it, subtle ways can be found to make others insignificant, irrelevant, of no value to society. While rejecting certain visible forms of violence, another more insidious kind of violence can take root. The violence of those who despise people who are different, especially when their demands in any way compromise their own particular interests. When one part of society exploits all that the world has to offer, acting as if the poor did not exist, there will eventually be consequences. Sooner or later, ignoring the existence and rights of others will erupt in some form of violence, often when least expected. Liberty, equality, and fraternity can remain lofty ideals unless they apply to everyone. Encounter cannot take place only between the holders of economic, political, or academic power. Genuine social encounter calls for a dialogue that engages the culture shared by the majority of the population. It often happens that good ideas are not accepted by the poorer sectors of society because they are presented in a cultural garb that is not their own and with which they cannot identify. 
A realistic and inclusive social covenant must also be a cultural covenant, one that respects and acknowledges the different worldviews, cultures, and lifestyles that coexist in society. Indigenous peoples, for example, are not opposed to progress, yet theirs is a different notion of progress, often more humanistic than the modern culture of developed peoples. Theirs is not a culture meant to benefit the powerful, those driven to create for themselves a kind of earthly paradise. Intolerance and lack of respect for indigenous popular cultures is a form of violence grounded in a cold and judgmental way of viewing them. No authentic, profound and enduring change is possible unless it starts from the different cultures, particularly those of the poor. A cultural covenant eschews a monolithic understanding of the identity of a particular place. It entails respect for diversity by offering opportunities for advancement and social integration to all. Such a covenant also demands the realization that some things may have to be renounced for the common good. No one can possess the whole truth or satisfy his or her every desire since that pretension would lead to nullifying others by denying their rights. A false notion of tolerance has to give way to a dialogic realism on the part of men and women who remain faithful to their own principles while recognizing that others also have the right to do likewise. This is the genuine acknowledgement of the other that is made possible by love alone. We have to stand in the place of others if we are to discover what is genuine, or at least understandable, in their motivations and concerns. Recovering Kindness Consumerist individualism has led to great injustice. Other persons come to be viewed simply as obstacles to our own serene existence. We end up treating them as annoyances and we become increasingly aggressive. This is even more the case in times of crisis, catastrophe and hardship, when we are tempted to think in terms of the old saying, every man for himself. Yet even then, we can choose to cultivate kindness. Those who do so become stars shining in the midst of darkness. St. Paul describes kindness as a fruit of the Holy Spirit. He uses the Greek word krestotes, which describes an attitude that is gentle, pleasant and supportive, not rude or coarse. Individuals who possess this quality help make other people's lives more bearable, especially by sharing the weight of their problems, needs and fears. This way of treating others can take different forms. An act of kindness, a concern not to offend by word or deed, 
a readiness to alleviate their burdens. It involves speaking words of comfort, strength, consolation, and encouragement, and not words that demean, sadden, anger, or show scorn. Kindness frees us from the cruelty that at times infects human relationships, from the anxiety that prevents us from thinking of others, from the frantic flurry of activity that forgets that others also have a right to be happy. Often nowadays we find neither the time nor the energy to stop and be kind to others, to say, excuse me, pardon me, thank you. Yet every now and then, miraculously, a kind person appears and is willing to set everything else aside in order to show interest, to give the gift of a smile, to speak a word of encouragement, to listen amid general indifference. If we make a daily effort to do exactly this, we can create a healthy social atmosphere in which misunderstandings can be overcome and conflict forestalled. Kindness ought to be cultivated. It is no superficial bourgeois virtue. Precisely because it entails esteem and respect for others, once kindness becomes a culture within a society, it transforms lifestyles, relationships, and the ways ideas are discussed and compared. Kindness facilitates the quest for consensus. It opens new paths where hostility and conflict would burn all bridges. You have been listening to a Vatican Radio production of Fratelli Tutti. The encyclical letter of His Holiness Pope Francis on fraternity and social friendship. Adapted for radio by Mara Micheli. English production directed by Sister Bernadette Mary Rees. In collaboration with the Vatican Publishing House, Libreria Editrice Vaticana. Featuring the voices of James Finnegan, Father Michael Kong, Thaddeus Jones, and Sister Bernadette Rees.